That's 224-585-9734. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of Healing the Whole Person. Today, it's our pleasure to have Father Robert Sears, SJ, who's no stranger to the WSFI team, but maybe it is, uh, it's a special pleasure in our studio today, Father Sears, Joan McHugh, as you know, is uh, in Florida. So, are you there? Mm-hmm, yes. Okay, just want to make sure you're still there. So, Father yeah. Joan's in Florida, so we have sitting in in the studio here today, um, Ian Oakley, and Ian's time, been on the air many times the- here in your healing show. But uh, also we have Alejandro Rivera, and Alejandro is... Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Alejandro. Alejandro's um, hope is to become a priest, Father. Yes. Mm-hmm. Filling so out the paperwork. He's filling out the paperwork, so we'll have to ask all our uh, members and our listening audience to uh, remember Alejandro and his vocation in, in your prayers. Also, Father uh, David Bending, who is an intern from Carmel Catholic High School, is on his way. So you'll have a full studio here asking you questions about this great topic. The topic today is confirmation and healing. Is that right? Well, the topic is confirmation and healing, right. And uh, it's part of a series of programs that we began on August 7th on uh, sacraments and healing. And so uh, we're on the third one. We started out with... uh, baptism and Eucharist and of course uh, confirmation then comes along with these and we considered the previous ones that Jesus himself administers all the sacraments except marriage which uh, through ordained minister in marriage the spouses administer the sacrament for each other and so with the ordained minister as witness So today we want to consider confirmation, which is a special gift of the Holy Spirit to strengthen a person in challenges to faith and for evangelization. And we need that, Father. We definitely need the Holy Spirit right now in our (laughs) our confirmation saints to help us. Right. I think it's especially needed. Yes, you're you're right. Today's world, where you're challenged in very many ways to, to live the faith, uh, confirmation is especially needed and yet when most of us receive confirmation we're you know I was in seventh grade when I received confirmation and so we're not in a position to to do much except stand for the faith in in our grade school and high school and in growing from there but we receive the Holy Spirit in baptism and that's the spirit of becoming like a child of God so we're born of the Virgin Mary and that empowers us to accept, you know, our Heavenly Father as our Father. We say, Abba, Father, Paul says in Galatians 4, 6, after baptism. So we're being brought into the family of God, and that's the beginning of our healing. The healing ultimately is what God is, does in us to free us from original sin so that we can live, you know, out of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as we grow, the Eucharist also is our food for the journey. And so that strengthens us to walk the journey. And then there, uh, in the early part of our growth, uh, especially I noticed that in the Charismatic Renewal, you have miracles and signs, the healings and word of knowledge and forgiveness of sinners and raising from the dead. So these are acts of God's intervention in our lives to heal us, yes, but it's mostly God doing the work. 
But towards the middle of all of the synoptic gospels, both Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus begins to teach the disciples that he's going to be rejected by the leaders. He's even going to be put to death. And in three days he'll be raised up. That's in each one in a different place, Mark 8 and Matthew 16, Luke 9. The disciples don't understand and they're afraid to ask. It's difficult. Many followers no longer remain with Jesus. As I say, you're not too many people lined up to get crucified. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> that's when we need an extra anointing of the Holy Spirit to remain strong in our faith. And that's, you might say, when the grace of confirmation really becomes necessary to strengthen us in that process, to follow Jesus no matter what the cost. Yeah, almost as if, like, in a way, conf would it be too much of a stretch, Father Sears, to say that confirmation is a little bit like becoming a spiritual adult in the Catholic Church? Well, that's what I think of, I think of it as that. But, I mean, in some ways it's given at baptism, too. So, <laughs> no. we probably need it right from the beginning to be strong in our faiths as we grow. But it mainly comes into the fore when we do become adults and we have to stand up for the faith no matter what the challenges are, which is uh, especially prevalent in today's world, you know. So healing isn't a picnic all the way, you know. Healing isn't simply what God does. It's the, the strength that we have to live our faith in the midst of these challenges. And uh, so Jesus says, you know, in this stage, you might say in John's Gospel, I especially kind of pointed out because in chapter 5 of John's Gospel Jesus heals the cripple and uh, he, he was sick for 38 years the time that Israel wandered in the desert and oh, Jesus wow. asks him do you want to be healed and that's a good question for this stage you know do we really want to make the steps to grow into maturity in our faith yeah, very much a similar question I'd, I'd say is asked of the people of Israel. Do you want to actually leave Egypt, or do you just want to go back to being slaves to whatever challenges you had? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, well, they, and they grumbled quite a lot in oh the desert, too. So <clears throat> they weren't totally committed, you know, and they weren't very strong either because when Moses stayed up there for 40 days, they lost faith and, you know, wanted Aaron to mold the calf so they could go back to what they were used to in Egypt, you know? Yeah, basically enabling a, I, I guess you could call it a kind of pity party in a certain sense. They felt, yes. they felt, <laughs> where are we going to go? Where is our usual schedule? Can't we just have, you know, the usual little weird animals? <laughs> right, it's often said, you know, that, that you either grow in the spiritual life or you go backwards. Because it, when you get to this point, you really can't, not go forward and still kind of tread water you know you you kind of lose your enthusiasm for the, for going forward if you stop going forward and so the battle here is really with difficulties and we need god's help to do that especially god's help and to give up sinning for example jesus said to the cripple now don't sin anymore lest something worse befall you so it's a matter really of taking up the life of faith and moving forward with it. And we have to 
deal with the difficulties that uh, confront us. Especially this with, is, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Especially this pattern that we keep we keep noticing here with people suffer, but that suffering isn't left to waste. People are actually being converted from it, whether it's like some kind of extra additional penance or else it's just the fact that hey, a generation held you guys back. And, but basically, uh, my point that I was, think I was trying to make was that it, se it seems like progressing forward, I mean, s sometimes difficulties do come up and um, God uses those to help push us forward. I mean, would you say that, well, I guess I could say even in my life where it was either a failed exam or else... I don't know, just something going terribly wrong that made me realize that, oh, I'm not quite God, but God actually is God. <laughs> no, no that, that's exactly true. And I think our whole culture tries to avoid pain. And oh, yet, yeah, almost to the God point God uses of, pain to help us to grow. Yeah, almost, I'd say almost enabling self-pity, almost to the point of ridiculousness, even. Almost glorifying it. Well, and I, th I think that's true, and, and and we get used to it, and so when when our parents, uh, you know, kind of tell us to do something difficult, or they they shy about doing that unless they really know, you know, how to <laughs> help us to grow into facing life's challenges, you know. Father, uh, when you were talking, when you had just mentioned, um, Jesus said to him to stop sinning, otherwise something worse would befall you. Yes, was, was right. he saying that that difficulty would be even worse to o more difficult to overcome, or that you'd have additional difficulties? Well, I think you know when we when we get healed, we get delivered. We're at a new stage of our development, and so if an, if we don't keep moving forward when we have the power to do it, then we at a deeper level the evil will enter in. <laughs> And so that's really what he says, you know, the last stage will be worse than the first, because you're grown more. And when you fail to make the right decisions in, in that growth process, then it's harder to change. There's more resistance. You know, we, we, we link into the past and we can get overwhelmed, you know. And so that's where the, the confirmation really needs to take place and it's not what we do it's what we let God do in us you know the, you know that's the uh, the fourth gospel actually in the sixth chapter a focus on uh, you know what's needed in this situation I don't know if you remember the you know the uh, content of the sixth chapter but it starts out with the multiplication of the loaves and then the people are so awed by this, they want to make Jesus king. <laughs> and that's, they'll make Jesus king for their sake, you know. It's not, not, he's not king in, the, in their understanding. So he sends his disciples out to sea, and he goes up into the mountain to pray. So he needs to be strengthened in this new stage where the, the difficulty isn't rejection, it's it's idolizing him in a way that isn't according to God's way. <laughs> and so then he walks on the water and he encounters his frightened disciples and he says, don't be afraid, I am. Ego me. You, know, you could say it's, it's me, but the Greek says I am, ego me. 
Yeah, and it's the first too. time that he uses that word, which is what Moses asked God's name. God says, I am. So Jesus is now, in a sense, showing the depth of his personality, you might say, grounded in God. So Jesus is calling his disciples to a deeper understanding of who he is, one with God. And that's really what we need at this stage, because we need to know that if God is for us, no one can be against us. You know, we can handle anything if we don't, if we know that we don't have to do it, that God will do it in us. And after landing, then what did Jesus do? He started teaching about the manna and that he's the new manna. And they have to eat his body and drink his blood. And then they will live forever because the old manna, they died. But with this new manna, they'll live forever. In other words, they needed to glimpse something that wasn't just human. It was beyond the human in Jesus. And that was too hard for a lot of them. They just walked away. And then Jesus said to his disciples, will you also go away? And he said, to whom shall we go? Peter said that, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Jesus said, did I not choose you, yet one of you is a devil. He was referring to Judas, who would betray him. Mm. And you'll see that in chapters 7 and 8, then he's continuing facing the demon in the people who are trying to kill him, you know. He says, your father is the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning, John 8, 44. And he says, you're not children of Abraham. They didn't do anything. Abraham didn't do anything like that. Abraham, your father rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. When they retort, you're not yet 50, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said, before Abraham came to be, I am. And they picked up stones to hurl at him. So they... In other words, the more that Jesus revealed his grounding in the Father, the more they accused him of blasphemy, you know, and they turned against him. But there was that spirit that breaks through in those chapters, and in a sense is what empowers us in in any decisions we make. For example, the martyrs know that Jesus is the Son of God. They believe that. So they're they're empowered by that truth that the death isn't an end it's it's the beginning of their true life you know like you know the letters of saint ignatius of antioch when he's trying to get people not to you know prevent him from suffering and martyrdom (laughs) it's one of the weirdest instances where you'll actually hear someone say don't save me if i if I am acquitted and I get sent home, I'll know it was your fault and you won't be my friends. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. That one in Polycarp is another one. It's like they, they're martyrs and then, and they were singing, you know, with the lions uh, eating them up. You know, it's kind of like that's what uh, created Christians. The blood of martyrs is the seed of Christians. It's that, that uh strength beyond our human understanding that is because we are baptized into the death of Jesus and we're raised with him in baptism but now with confirmation we're empowered to live that truth you know to 
in in the face of difficulties that are in our world. So, so that's where the confirmation, I think, really does begin to, <clears throat> you know, get expressed in our lives. This spirit really came upon them at Pentecost, and it turned them into people who were afraid to die into people who were courageous and glorified when they had something to suffer for Jesus. So it was really uh, a powerful outpouring. And so, I, you know, I really, even though I said I was uh, confirmed in seventh grade, I, I uh, experienced the full flowering of the evangelizing spirit in the charismatic renewal, you know, when I was 34, <laughs> coming back from Germany and I saw these Time magazine had Catholics with their hands raised up in the head. Uh, I said, "What happened while I was away?" You know, <laughs> I was studying four years. <laughs> this doesn't look like the Catholics I left when I was four years ago. <laughs> but I happened when I was studying at Fordham. There was a prayer group right in the dorm where, where it was a graduate's uh, dorm and. Uh, we had the charismatic renewal in the downstairs, and I remember, you know, when everybody was praying. Ralph Martin was there, and everybody was praying up a storm, you know, because in the early days of the charismatic renewal, you know, people, the gifts were quite uh, abundant, and and I didn't have anything to pray, so I said, Lord, give me something to pray, <laughs> and and, uh, and I heard Jesus say. If I want to work through your foolishness, what's that to you? <laughs> <laughs> wow, the cross you have yeah. right now is more and than I, enough. I felt loved. I felt loved. I knew it was Jesus. Who else could say that and make you feel loved? You know, it's kind of like I, I would never run out of foolishness, so there wasn't anything I needed to worry about. <laughs> was that the first time, Father, that you felt Jesus speaking to you, or had you felt him there before? Uh, well, he... I hear him every so often, very seldom. I mean, compared to, you know, people who have the gift of prophecy, I mean, they're hearing him all the time. When I, when he speaks to me, it's very seldom. And one of the time, you know, a friend of mine who worked with me with retreats and things like that, who's a, who was a prophet, you know, asked Jesus why he didn't give me that gift. And he said, well, if I gave him that, he wouldn't need anybody. <laughs> oh, so he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Yes. When else I'm have a, you heard him speak to you? Yeah, go ahead, yeah. I'm English, you know, and the English are kind of stiff upper lip, you know, we can do it, you know. Uh-huh. Mm. So that was something I had to grow out of. I needed to trust people. I needed to open to being supported by other people. And that's really what Jesus knew. And so he, he made me really envious of people who had the word gift, you know, because he doesn't give, he gives different gifts to different people so we need everybody and so he wants us to be interdependent he wants us to be a community of mutual support and trust and that confirmation is also uh, for that purpose it's to develop a community of trust a community that we can rely on that strengthens us in difficult decisions that type of thing Father, you have a quote here in the write-up that I'm looking at um, from Isaiah 43, 17. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to just, um, do you have a minute to cover that because it's so beautiful. 
Yeah, that, well, that was when I basically became aware of uh, the need to move beyond my understanding. I was, I, you know, I had said in the womb, I've mentioned this before in times of our programs, but that I said in the womb, I won't be a burden. And uh, what you do when you do that, you're trying to save yourself. And of course, you're cutting yourself off from relationships. And it's love that heals. And so you're really preventing yourself from growing. So I, was, I had a deep depression when I was in Germany, you know. And as I mentioned, I think Germany is a very good place to nurture the depression, you know. It's kind of really <laughs> <laughs> that. From November to March, I think I saw the sun five times, something like You know, it was oh, kind geez. of like it was a mist all the time, you know. And so it was very good for depression, <laughs> you know. It's the right environment. Blooming. But anyway, this, I was, uh, <clears throat> and even, I didn't think I could get ordained, but I, I made the decision that I would do it because that's what I wanted to do before. And Ignatius says, don't change a decision in desolation. So, <laughs> yep. so but uh, then the, I read this passage from Isaiah 43, the one that, er, that you mentioned, and uh, it was, uh, don't look at behind look, see, I am doing something new. Do you not perceive it? In the desert I make a way, in the wasteland rivers. Wild beasts honor me, jackals and ostriches, for I put water in the desert for my chosen people to drink, the people I formed for myself that they might announce my praise. <clears throat> and what I dawned on me is that I was trying to analyze my own uh, sources of depression. I am, and you know, interested in depth psychology. So I was making a little diary, you might say, of all these sources, and just getting more depressed. You know, because knowledge isn't what heals; it's love. And so when this passage kind of knifed through all that, I realized that God was telling me, "Don't try to figure it out. Look at me. I'm creating things new now. Do you not perceive it?" And I, I was given the grace to be, get a glimpse of that truth that I had had believed in God as creating the world, but we don't need faith for that. You know, that's a philosophical understanding. Somebody had to do it. It's far too mysterious for to just happen by chance. You know, passe those that don't believe in God, I think they're just fascinated by their own thinking. But you know, well, we can argue to that. But what we can't argue to is that he's making something out of nothing. And that was the hope. He's making something out of my dying. Depression was a dying and her opening to new life. And Father, uh, for those of you who are just turning on the radio, you're listening to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. You're listening to Father Robert Sears. We're going to take a break. and. Father Sears, I'm so glad that he made you do because I know from listening to you, you've helped me personally so much and so many of our listeners. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Hello, I am Bishop Don Hying from the Diocese of Gary, Indiana. Catholic Radio has a remarkable reach into the minds and hearts of all sorts of people who may not be going to church, who may not have any other connection to learning about the faith. I know so many people have grown in the Catholic faith because they listen to Catholic Radio. 
WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at WSFIRadio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MAT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Well, hello and welcome back. Uh, you're listening to WSFI 88.5 FM, Healing the Whole Person. Our host today is Father Robert Sears, SJ. He's, uh, today is uh, the third, I believe, in the series on the sacraments, and we're focusing on confirmation. And in our studio today, we have three people with mics all suited up. We have Ian Oakley, Alejandro Rivera. Hello. And we have Hello. David Bending. And Ian, Hello. You, ha- you have a question. <laughs> uh, yes, I do, Father. Um, uh-huh. I think, you know, as we go through life and realizing that we've been confirmed and we received those gifts... Um, I know myself personally, I don't think, I I wasn't thinking that much about it, but then I realized I needed to pray for those gifts. And I was wondering if that was important for people to realize that they they do need to pray to the Holy Spirit to give them those gifts more. Well, that's a very good uh, observation because... You know, the, the sacraments, we, we say that they work ex opere operato, that is, by the very fact that they're conferred, they give that grace that they have, because it's Jesus doing it. But the grace is not operative in us unless we open to receive it, unless we live it. It's, it's, so grace is always a two-way street. It's a love relationship. And so God can give it, but he doesn't treat us like puppets. He's asking for a response. And when we're baptized, for example, we can say, well, we're free from original sin by the baptism. But why don't we live free of original sin? (laughs) (laughs) Because we don't live our baptism. Right. In baptism, we die with Jesus in order to be raised with Jesus. And so the same is true for all of the, the sacraments. We can come to Eucharist day after day and not really change over years, you know. Why? Because we're really not letting Jesus live in us. And that's, that's the point. I mean, I mean, Jesus lives in the Eucharist. He told Louisa Picaretta, Louisa was a person that Jesus spoke to, and it's very important for this topic, too, because Jesus told Louisa, and she died in 1947. She was born in 1865. So she died at 82 years of age. She lived 64 years bedridden, and she couldn't eat anything and lived on the Eucharist for 64 years. Wow. 
And Jesus spoke to her. He said he wanted to begin with her a new fiat. And the, the third fiat, the first fiat is from Latin. It means let it be. So it's a creative word of God that enters into our human history. That's first was creation. The second is redemption with Jesus and Mary, etc. And the third, which she said he's beginning with Louisa, which would be 1947 when she died, he's going to give us his will to actually carry out on earth what the Father chooses in heaven if we give him permission. But it's always that if clause, you know, because we have to choose it. We have to ask for it. We have to open to it. Jesus frequently in Scripture says, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Why? Not because God can't give it or because he doesn't want to give it. It's, we're not persuading God. <laughs> he wants it more than anything. He made us to be holy and blameless. So he wants that with his whole self. He can't give it, though, if we don't open freely and thank him for it and receive it. And so that's really what you're saying there, the asking about confirmation. Yes, that's, I think, why the church went for years without really asking for the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, for example, because we thought that that was for the early church, but that we wouldn't all be given the gift of healing or the gift of prophecy, or these were saints that did those things. No, that's, those, are, those are gifts for the whole church. And we become saints if we cooperate with them. <laughs> They're huh. gifts for the building up of the body of Christ. And, Father David, and so confirmation is, you might say, the foundational gift for the building up in the body of Christ. Thank you, Father. I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. Mm -hmm. Go uh, ahead. Da mm -hmm. David Bending, who is a junior at Carmel Catholic mm -hmm. High School, is here. And he usually produces the show when you're here, and he's able to make it on Thursdays. But today he's suited up, and he has a mic, and yep. he has a question to ask. <laughs> so, Father, I, I'm, so I'm a junior in high school, so I got confirmed in the eighth grade. So that's about, I think, three and a half years ago. Yeah. Uh -huh. And um, really, this is the one question I had. Like, I wasn't really, I didn't feel open and prepared for confirmation. Um, and I would kind of like to help out some of the viewers and even parents that have kids that could be close to confirmation age. Right. How do you really open up to be prepared for confirmation? Because I felt I wasn't adequately prepared, but now I see that. Well, really, I think we have to, we have to, make it a choice first because oftentimes we're we just feel like we're rounded up to <laughs> go to confirmation mm -hmm. whether we choose to deepen our spiritual walk or not you know and uh, we need to really make it a choice and be taught that what confirmation is which is yeah. to strengthen us in difficulties you know because there are enough difficulties even in high school or even grade school to to uh you know make that clear what this would be for. I remember in, in uh, grade school and then especially in high school I was going to mass every day and other people weren't doing that. And, but you know I thought it was crazy of them not to do it. You can receive God in the Eucharist, my goodness, you know, what 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 could be more important than that? <clears throat> well they thought I was crazy, you know, it's kind of like <clears throat> okay, well that's in other words, in order to stand on your own and your own faith position whether other people like it or not is hard for teenagers to do you know mm -hmm. but they they will be strengthened if they ask Jesus 
Yeah. You know, so you know, I don't know how to, how to make that clearer, except that the way we teach it, or maybe you know the catechetical method, to give examples of how it might work out. That you're going to have to stand on your own sometimes, you know, and yeah. just make a decision that your peers are not going to understand, but you feel called to do. Father, I have a question about that, though. Someone had um, suggested that the age of confirmation now should be lowered because the feeling or the concern was that uh, you have to have a, be in a state of grace to receive confirmation. I don't know if that's true oh, or for it do? to be efficacious. And that um, yes, by the time be. these kids are in high school, they're already having relations with the opposite sex. Many of them are into good pornography. Person, good, good, good point. That these are that could be <clears throat> earlier because the temptations now are earlier. <laughs> the the need for that power to stand alone under the power of God's Spirit is earlier. You know, so in a sense, charismatic renewal shouldn't be something that's you know a luxury. It should be something that we just expect. You know. It, because we need to be, develop those charisms if we're going to deepen our our faith development, right? And Especially the when there's challenges like in the world today. Well, the cow's already out of the barn. You know, by the time they're like 17 or 18, for the most part, statistically, you know, they could have used that strength of the Holy Spirit a lot a lot earlier. I would think yeah. to be able to stand up to the wiles of the world. Yeah, that's for sure. They could, but then again, there's we all have to repent of something. I mean, in other words, the, the power of the, the sacrament could be a motivation to get free of the sin and really renounce it and move forward. So if we know, you know, the, uh, you know, the challenges of our culture, uh, the, maybe depending on how the confirmation is explained in, in the catechetical, uh, instruction, it could be a very powerful means of getting free of the sin that we might have already committed, you know. And, uh, you know, none of us are totally free of sin, so we are totally free of, uh, you know, addictive practices that don't help us. And it's not easy to break free of them. And so, anytime that we have that, the confirmation can be a strength to to make that step forward. Or to even want to break free of it. Yes, or to even want to break free of it, exactly. So it actually is, in, you know, in the Eastern Church, it's given with baptism, you know. So it would be confirmation, all three sacraments given right away. Which is, you say, well, that's, you know, some people wait until they're in other denominations, you know, until they're adults to have baptism. Whereas you know, we've always followed the Jewish practice of like circumcision in the eighth day, and so we have baptism very early, just like because it's, it's our equivalent. And that children need to be brought into the supernatural life in order to live, and that's an ontological change. And so it can start as early as, uh, you know, the child has to walk. And the confirmation then would be the flowering of that baptismal gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that could be early too, because it has to grow. 
just like the other sacraments as we cooperate with them. Now, you know, some some of the saints, you know, had made decisions to be called vocations very young, you know, priests of this year, for example, the child. Oh yeah, she was like nine years old, I want to say, when she felt a call to Carmel or something? Uh, like a teenager? Well, uh, she was 15, wasn't she? Oh, 15, 15. I sorry. think she was, yeah, but... Uh, uh, that was early too. <laughs> when she went to the Pope to ask for a special permission to enter. <laughs> right. Father, so she probably had the call early because her sisters, you know, were all entering Carmel and she probably felt called to do it. But she felt really called to enter, you know, I think when she was fifteen. Father, I was really interested in following up on your comment about um, it seems to make sense that maybe we should be exposing children earlier to the charismatic part of our prayer life. How, what would that look like in your in your view? Well, we do have, I mean, it, it's not enough to finish there because we have youth group and the charismatic renewal and, it, and there's a youth program, you know, bring their, their kids there, 10 years old or, you know, or whatever, and they grow up in that context, and that's that's fine, but they can also grow beyond it and then think that's outmoded, you know, so, <laughs> you know, because, because we have to grow in it, whatever we do, you know, as we're living it, we either make it our own and develop it, or we, you know, get co-opted into the culture and lose it and then find it later, you know, because you have a second conversion or something like that. God is always after us <laughs> because he loves us. He's not going to let us go unless we choose to go, you know. Can you lose the gifts that you got at, at uh, confirmation in any way or do they always stay with you? Does the Holy Spirit stay with you? Well, you can, well the Holy Spirit always stays with us. I mean, we can only be baptized once. And we can, uh, I suspect, confirmation. It can be renewed, however, which we do on Holy Saturday every year, or every Saturday, Holy Saturday, we renew our vows, etc. So a renewal is really a deepening of that particular sacrament. And uh, confirmation is once, and so you will be renewing it. So as the charismatic renewal is the, like the flowering of the grace of confirmation, for strengthening us for, in a sense, if we have a vocation, for example, or if we feel called to marriage, or we feel called to a particular use of our gifts of the Holy Spirit, that's the flowering of confirmation. It's like ordination for the lay people, <laughs> for mm -hmm. all of us, but not just lay people, because priests are confirmed too. But they're ordained, and they have a particular ministry, and, and uh, you know, the lay people, if they get married, that's a sacrament. And so we frequently used to, in a sense, understand marriage as, as the sacrament is grace in order to live the marriage. But I, that's not, <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I realize that's not really what the sacrament is. The sacrament is an outward sign instituted by God to give grace. So what the, we're saying is that the spouses should be helping each other find Jesus. Yes. Oh, they should be giving grace, that is, being grounded in grace and be a, a source of grace for each other. 
not just to be strengthened because of the difficulties of the marriage, that's confirmation, I'd say, (laughs) but the sacrament of marriage itself is to give grace. In other words, it has to move into that place where the union is in God. And the the sacrament, I think the marriage itself, we'll talk about that when we get to marriage, but the the marriage itself is uh, unfulfilled until it goes through a crisis, until they re-ground it in God. So, Father, we're coming to a close. We only have a few minutes. Two things. There were some prayer requests, but I I have to ask the question. So I'm looking at this uh, great studio audience we have here. How would David or Alejandro or Ian know what gifts of the Holy Spirit that they've received? That's a good question because uh, I used to think that if I looked into myself, you know, I'd kind of look down at my stomach or whatever and <laughs> wonder what my identity, what my gifts were. You know, well, I, I was disabused of that and I realized that you know, I really find out my gifts only by other people telling me what my gifts are. Wow. They, they can tell me how they're gifted by what I do. You know, like I... I do have a gift, I think, of spiritual teaching, and it, I don't even know what I'm teaching sometimes. It's like the spirits <laughs> using it to touch people, and that's, that's a gift, you know, it's, it's like, and he guides me as to what I'm to learn. I tell him, Jesus, you're my teacher. I don't want to le- learn from anybody else. You can use atheists, you can use whoever you want, but it's you I want to learn from. <laughs> And he takes it up, you know, he'll give me books that uh, I've never would have known about and he teaches me things, you know. So it's like each one has their own gift, you know. I have a gift, I think, of discernment because of the, the teaching too. It's an Ignatian gift, you know, telling whether something's really in tune with Jesus or not, you know. And that that's a gift. So I sit in with the word gift people, Oh, but I hardly, I never get a prophecy. <laughs> you never get the prophecy, yes. Aww. Well, I know for sure, Father, the one thing in my life that you've done is you keep reminding me how much God loves me. <laughs> and that's like I'm one of those type A personalities that I'm always like push, push, push. <laughs> and um, and it just keeps reminding me to just like maybe kick back a little bit and just feel the love of God. That's right. And, and it's ultimately it's that love that heals us. Yes, and and all of the all of the sacraments are different ways of that grace. Grace is a uh, uh, a created participation in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is acting in all of these sacraments to help us to see God's love and to grow in it and to be able to give it to other people. And it will grow further because it forms the Trinity in us. See, the Trinity's love is creative, and that's the kind of love that we're to have, whether you're married and you're creating with your children and helping other people to grow in the Spirit, or whether you have a special special gift to give to other people, you can bring healing or prophecy or teaching or whatever, just hospitality or friendliness or all of the gifts that form us as a community of God's love. That's what he wants to give to us, and confirmation is a very important one. And he's, we do have to have it, and as, as a question about cooperating, I quoted here to Timothy 1, 6, and 7. Jesus, Paul said to Timothy, Stir up into the flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hand. Wow. 
God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but a, rather of power and love and self-control. That's a very fine passage. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. That's beautiful. Father, we only have a few minutes. How about some prayer requests here? Does anyone have prayer Alejandro, you had one? Oh, uh, yeah. Last name escapes me, but name of Gina, real bad car accident, legs destroyed, and yeah. So, healing mm -hmm. for her. Gina David's father. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would like to pray for my father. He uh, got laid off a few, uh, few weeks ago, so hoping for something to come around for him. And Annie? Uh, for my friend Nancy, who has ALS. Mm. To the Lord Jesus, all these and you, others that are in our hearts, many different ones, you know what they are. So, Lord, you have an answer to all of them. And if we release each one to you, you said you would do it. Since you'd put your spirit, your love, your will in us to actually carry out on earth what the Father chooses in heaven. So right now, Lord, we release each of these issues to you. We know that you can heal them. We give them to you with faith that you love us and want to give that healing. And let us open our hearts to receive it. And we ask that in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, thank you. That's all the time we have. You've been listening to WSFI, Healing the Whole Person. A copy of this is available at WSFICatholicRadio.org. God bless you, Father. We love you. Thank you much. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.